Welcome to Shady, the show that shares stories of criminals and criminal behavior. Today we have episode three, and I'm going to have my special friend, Torsen Kipton, in studio. So we're going to get into these stories now. Hey, guys. Hey. And I'm here with Mr. Torsen Kipton. Mr. Kipton, could you give us a quick plug of who you are and of the station you currently run? Uh, I'm a horror author. I've written one published novel so far, Hot Ashes and Brass Casings, available on Amazon as paperback or ebook. And my channel is Be Afraid, where I basically talk about the misadventures of a ambitious, starting out horror author and all the creative stuff that goes with it. Well, that is great. Everybody go check out Be Afraid, and also you should be afraid, Mr. Kipton, of this next story, because it involves a kidnapping. Oh, dear. Yes. We go to Jamesport, Missouri, where a man has been charged with kidnapping his sister to keep her from getting married. Mm. Yes. Uh, so this guy, Conrad, he's 25. He's accused of kidnapping his sister, Cindy. So Conrad kidnaps Cindy. He calls her up. He says, yo, Sid. Sid? Sid. Sid's good. Sid's good. Yo, Sid. Um, hey, I just want to hang out a bit. And she says, you know what? You've been acting weird since I've been engaged. And with my upcoming nuptials, you've been a little erratic. And he says, no, no, no. I just want to talk. And proceeds to uh, kidnap her. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure I know how that conversation goes. He says, hey. I'm totally into you being, you know, combined with this heathen. Uh, the more, the merrier. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, because Conrad uh, is an avowed um, Amish person. Nice. So, person of Amish persuasion? Uh, that sounds like the politically correct term. Okay. And uh, so he kidnaps Cindy, but Cindy and her fiancé... Uh, they were uh, proselytized away from the Amish community. They was it the Mormons or the the Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on their Amish doors? I, it could have been. I really don't know. They ride bicycles. I mean, it's possible those Mormons commuted into there. There's no electricity allowed. It's fine. That's actually true. Mormon-friendly community. They have like an upside in getting in. I've never considered that. Mm. Hmm. Well, the fiance's name is John Grabber. And before we continue on, uh, Mr. Mr. Kipton, is there anything to say about the fiance's last name being Grabber? Uh, sounds handsy. Sounds like he's going to take things that he shouldn't have. Well, since October, Mr. Grabber... Uh, very uncharacteristically, apparently, has been building uh, instead of grabbing, unless he's grabbing the supplies to build a home in hopes of starting his own family. But earlier this week, things took a drastic turn, direct quote. And, uh, yeah, drastic. So let's let's hear specifically from the uh, poor and aghast uh, fiancé, Mr. Grabber. I dropped her off at two o'clock and by three or fifth three fifteen i called her i called him no answer he said i had all the truck loaded and was ready to go but no reply and i started to get pretty nervous grabber says he sent a text 
he didn't hear anything back. So then he was like, you know what? I'm going to notify the police. At this point, he says, at 4 p.m., he sends me a text back. Sorry, this is Conrad speaking, the brother. Sorry, the wedding is off. I'm taking her far, far away, and you're never going to see her again. And then I fell apart, Grabber says. That's no good. These, they've been having this slow text conversation with pigeons or whatever Amish people use to text. That is offensive. And it may or may not be true. Well, you know, so is kidnapping people, some might say. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, kidnapping is offensive to all, all religions. Kidnapping is offensive. It should be. It definitely should be. Yeah, you'd hope so. Well, so they, they ditched the Amish. Apparently there was still some bad blood. And so Conrad was like, nah. And he goes after Sydney, Cindy and uh, grab her, failed to grab her in time. And, uh, well, there you go. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Escaped on, you know, a uh, horse-drawn buggy, I guess. A lot of horsepower in that. And now another story out of Missouri. And so this one, I'm going to try to avoid telling you exactly what property specifically was uh, apprehended in an illegal fashion. Okay. And it's going to be incredibly difficult. That sounds like a tasty mystery. I'm ready. Okay. So there is a, a clothing store owner. I'm into it already. Yes. And her name is Lisa Stubblefield. And she owns this store and uh, fills it with clothing racks and fitting rooms and all, you know, all the various things. Mm. And... Um, she even had a special name for her store. Uh, they named it Esther. That's, uh, I suppose she named it after someone? Perchance. I don't know. I do not know. Uh, anyways, so they had Esther. They had, es man, I don't even know how to say this. They had this property mm. and... Um, this property was removed from its location. It was stolen and was transported over 100 miles away across the Missouri border to the fair, windy lands of Kansas. Ah. Took it out of Missouri. Uh, they took it out of Missouri? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds Missouriable. Yes, unfortunately uh, it does. I don't know. Yeah. So they, uh, she, she posted on Facebook, said, Hey, this property of mine has been stolen. Uh, please, does anybody have any tips? Come forward, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out that a Pittsburgh, Kansas woman saw the Facebook post, contacts Stubblefield and says, Hey, it just so happens there is an unfamiliar, this is what the story says, an unfamiliar, tiny home parked in front of a house in her neighborhood oh no which was the property in question oh but here's the thing yeah. here's the thing with with that yes they might have been confused because i see all the sign all the time in these boutiques something like a sign on it that might say this deal is a steal and they just didn't understand they 
Yes, that they weren't allowed to actually steal. The whole boutique, yeah. I think one of the most interesting facets of this story is that the writer of the story literally says this, and this is a direct quote, a Pittsburgh, Kansas woman who saw the post on Facebook contacted Stubblefield to report an unfamiliar tiny home. Now, this implies that there are familiar tiny homes just parked haphazardly all throughout the neighborhood. Which I love. I love the idea of a neighborhood that's always changing as accepting as can possibly be. Not only new neighbors, but new houses to, ha to have them in on a regular basis. On a, and, but new tiny houses, specifically. Yeah, and, and I like the idea, too, that the tiny house probably has like a portable mailbox that they just drive into the ground with like a, a fence post hole digger and you know in someone else's yard obviously but then you know slap the, the new numbers on the side with the magnet strip and you're good to go new house wow well there you go so there she is uh miss stubblefield she she calls the police they end up getting uh the tiny house boutique back it's called the front porch boutique <laughs> appropriate yeah, I mean, yeah. Where was it found? Someone's front porch. Someone's front porch, yes. And so uh, they haven't actually been able to file any charges yet. Um, the thief is as of yet unknown, but is likely to face theft charges in Springfield and uh, possession of stolen property charges in Pittsburgh. But, um, I mean, they don't really know who it is, so... While they had the boutique, did they buy anything? Because that could make up for the whole incident. What if they were just... What if this was a competitor? Ah, so they probably sold stuff. The competitor uh, took this house away to remove the competition, literally. <laughs> That's incredible. So while the uh, police were so helpful in finding the tiny house, uh, we move on to a story where amateur sleuths, not the police, not the official power of the government, but amateur sleuths are actually working in on this case. They are locating the suspect, and even as we speak, may have pounced. Or what do these do? Ha. Huh. They may have hopped onto a lead. I like it. They, these sound like uh, real-life Batman. Or is there maybe another animal that's, that's more appropriate? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, apparently, the New York Times, uh, a, a newspaper that only reports the most serious of crimes. Um, so there was, this is another thing that was stolen. Um, but have no fear, there are rescuers. Uh, this is from... A city animal shelter located in East Harlem. And uh, what was stolen? I mean, this is horrible. And I don't know if I can say it out loud. Uh, I'm waiting with bated breath. Sonny the rabbit. Oh, no. Was, was stolen. And this is, this is what they're thinking. Now, Sonny lived in a city shelter in East Harlem. And on June 14th, a man was turned down when he tried to adopt a dog. Okay. And they believe that in a retaliatory gesture, mm. he violently ripped Sonny away from his, maybe her, safe 
home environment and plunged it into the outer darkness that is the East Harlem streets. He was their sunshine, their only sunshine. I'm ashamed of you. Uh, Well, the police said, hey, on Facebook, they said this publicly on the 28th, this is 14 days later, uh, that they expected an imminent arrest regarding Sonny's captor. That's a reasonable, uh, I guess, demand. Unfortunately, apparently, they're not going deep enough into the clues. They're not uh, splitting hairs as far as these... Oh, no. There you go. (laughs) As far as these uh, are concerned. Well, the Rabbit volunteers, uh, they went nuts. They put up a $1,000 reward. Wow. Uh, Mr. O'Leary, which is the uh, self-declared pet detective, kind of like Ace Ventura, but in East Harlem, Uh I guess. I don't know. They offered a thousand dollars. Man, they really know how to dangle a carrot. So they, they, <laughs> they just yeah, they offer a thousand dollars. Mister Leary, uh, he's like, I'm going to find this rabbit. So that's now his goal. The um, the suspect's name is actually being withheld from this article because they haven't been able to confirm it. New York Times can't confirm. The police won't confirm. They know the name, but they won't say it, which is responsible journalism. We're very, very proud. We're all impressed. Uh, I'm proud before I even read this article. Now, Mr. O'Leary tracks down. He goes, as the story, this is a direct quote, deep undercover. Okay. Because he talks to neighborhood sources who gave him the name of the suspect's private Instagram account. Mm. And so in a deep undercover fashion, he goes and requests to follow this account so that he can see what this dude's up to with poor Sonny, the alleged kidnapper. And uh, he was accepted and saw... This man hanging out with little Sonny, well, a rabbit at least, which just randomly appeared on the 14th of June in his posts. Wow, that sounds... Okay, so his neighbors knew that he had an Instagram. This guy was aggressively marketing his personal and private Instagram. I'm proud. He he was very... But it was... I mean, it was... Well, yeah. I mean, there he goes. I... Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of the end of the story because Mr. Leary, he wasn't able to get through. He can't, he can't confirm that, no, this is indeed Sonny, and he doesn't know for sure which rabbit it is. And we all know how many you know, rabbit babies rabbits make. So This is what happens when you follow the criminal all the way down the rabbit hole. Uh, and I think he's hopping mad. I would have to agree. He's mad as a hatter? That's, that's a fair assertion. So that does it for Shady Episode 3. Some ridiculous stories. Hopefully you enjoyed them. Please uh, feel free on Anchor to call us in. Leave an honest review on iTunes. It'd be great to uh, hear from you guys. We want to know what kind of stories you want to hear. Do you love ridiculous stories as much as we do? Ridiculous criminal behavior? Because I know Torson does. I come for the thrills and I stay for the mystery. Wow. Uh, and there's lots of uh, furry, fuzzy situations going on. Oh, yes, there are. Yes, especially, yes, in this episode. So if you guys enjoy it, please uh, subscribe on iTunes because that makes us look cool. 
and uh, yeah, and give us an honest review and let us know what you would like to hear. And on Anchor, you can just call in and give us instant feedback. Why don't you guys let us know what's the most ridiculous thing that's ever been stolen from you? That is great. I hope somebody has a crazy story that we can share. I'm confident about it. Well, in addition to sharing that story, which we would love to do, if for our first 10 reviewers on the Shady Podcast, if you go to iTunes and review or even in, do you, in Google Play, do you review? You can. And you replay. So if you review either in uh, iTunes or Google Play, the first 10, we're actually going to specifically find criminal stories where your name is featured in the story. And we're going to share that story with our mock enthusiasm that as we do every episode. My enthusiasm is always genuine. Always. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And uh, until next time, this is Eric signing off. And my guest has been Mr. Torson Kipton. Check out his uh, his little show on his station, Be Afraid, all about writing, uh, horror. It's really, really interesting. If you're into any creative stuff, check it out. And uh, also, be paying attention. We've got a very special, like a big project being released with it I, very, very, very soon. Very soon. And Torsen, on a scale from 1 to 10, how excited are we about this new project? I'd say about a 9.910. That is correct. So, until later, thank you, and we're out.